0: It's Monday, April 13th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. So you might be hearing the phrase contact tracing when it comes to different ways to slow down the COVID-19 outbreak. We'll dive into what it is and why for the US, it's easier said than done. Then we'll take a look at meat processing plants shutting down across the country. And what this could mean for the food supply chain. And finally, there's some big news about the global oil supply. We'll tell you what it could mean for you at the gas pump. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by H&R Block Tax Pro Go. Expert tax prep without the office visit. Okay, the COVID-19 pandemic is a rapidly changing story with lots of moving parts. And we're going to help you sort out what exactly you need to know starting with the three big developments of the day. Millions of Americans are asking, when do we get back to normal life? We heard a few different answers this weekend. Reports say the Trump administration is eyeing May 1st as a possible goal for when we can head back to the workplace. But the government's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, basically said on CBS, hold your horses. Getting the country back to normal won't happen all at once. It's not gonna be a a light switch that you turn on and off. So no clear answer about when we'll all be going back to the workplace, but there is a clear answer about how we'll get there. Enter contact tracing. When someone new tests positive for COVID-19, one of the next questions is, who did they come into contact with? Contact tracing answers that by figuring out everyone who an infected person could have also infected then those people are supposed to quarantine and monitor their symptoms. Contact tracing has been used to control viruses in the past, like recent outbreaks of Ebola and SARS. And this could help lift blanket social distancing orders currently in place, because contact tracing is a more specific approach. It's about seeking out the people who have the virus or might have the virus. Some states like Massachusetts and Utah are already rolling out programs. And in Singapore and South Korea, they've worked. Apple and Google have already announced they're going to build contact tracing software that'll use Bluetooth technology here in the U.S., which is bringing up some privacy concerns. The ACLU responded to this move and pretty much said this better be voluntary and that the country will need to step up its testing capacity for the app to work. Case in point, in authoritarian China, there are reports that the government made people download apps that tracks who they've been in contact with, and alerts the user if they've been exposed and need to quarantine. Not only that, contact tracing programs are hard to pull off. In Wuhan, the Chinese city where this all began, there were 1,800 teams of epidemiologists working on tracing contacts of the virus. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says it's trying to figure out how to make this work. There's been lots of talks about when exactly everyone will be able to head back to the workplace. We don't have a firm date yet, but some public health experts are saying we might only get a calendar invite when we're ready to do what China and other countries have already done, trace infections and contain them. As for whether Americans are ready for their smartphone data to be used in the fight against COVID-19, that's TBD. Our second headline today involves pigs, or as the meat industry prefers we say, pork. Yesterday, the world's largest pork processor, Smithfield Foods, indefinitely closed down a huge meat processing plant in South Dakota. The reason? A COVID-19 outbreak among its workers. Now, the CEO of Smithfield Foods is warning the country that closing down this plant and others might make it impossible to keep grocery stores stocked. So is COVID-19 really going to cause the U.S. to run out of meat? Well, that Smithfield plant in South Dakota isn't the only big meat processing facility that's had to close over COVID-19. A big one in Iowa also closed last week, and so did a beef plant in Pennsylvania. Experts say when you add these closures up, they still account for just a small percentage of all the meat produced in the U.S. But this latest closure is spotlighting another big concern. Not about access to pork, but about the people who manufacture it. Just a few days before the plant in South Dakota closed, protesters gathered outside in their cars to draw attention to unsafe working conditions. Workers were reportedly too close together and still showing up to work with fevers. And last month, an advocacy group in Iowa raised similar concerns about a meat plant there. So this is becoming a thing. In meat production, uh, you know, workers are working side by side in dangerous conditions. That's Steve Supan, a senior policy analyst at the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. There were a lot of vulnerabilities in the food safety of hogs and the worker safety of hog production prior to COVID-19. And now you have, with this highly centralized vulnerable system, I, I think it is a catastrophic system failure. Supan says a lot of these big meat producers will likely get financial help from the government. But the actual workers in the food supply chain might not be so lucky. Zoe Willingham, a research associate focused on agriculture at the Center for American Progress, says she hopes this outbreak draws attention to what really matters in the supply chain, the people and not the pork. Ultimately, if we are worried about securing our food supply, we have to zoom out and look at the entire food system, from the grocery store to the farms themselves. And ensure that workers throughout the food supply chain are protected so that the folks that keep us alive and keep food on our plates can still go to work and be safe. Which brings us to our third story of the day about some pretty big news from the world's largest oil producers. OPEC and its allies have just agreed to slash global oil production. Demand for oil has plummeted amid the coronavirus crisis and with it the price per barrel. The group, known as OPEC+, Plus, agreed to reduce output by 9.7 million barrels per day for May through June. OPEC tries to regulate the global oil supply. And over the weekend, it made big news when its members agreed to end a month-long oil price war. Basically, even though the price of oil had been dropping like crazy as the COVID outbreak kept everyone at home, some countries still wanted to produce tons of oil, which only sent prices even lower. You know, supply and demand. But now, OPEC says it's agreed to cut about 10% of the world's normal oil supply. They hope that cutting down production will stabilize the oil economy. When the new cut goes into effect on May 1st, it'll be the largest cut in oil output in history. So what does this mean for your wallet? In the long run, it could mean you end up paying more at the gas pump, since less expected oil means higher prices for the oil that's left. But in the short term, the oil industry is still in trouble. There's still way too much oil out there. And with a lot fewer people driving or hopping on gas guzzling airplanes, there's only so much money oil companies can make when demand is so weak. So this can mean job losses in the American oil industry and pain for energy companies even if it's nice to think about a nice long trip and cheap gasoline when this is all over. Like we said, there's a lot happening right now. To keep up to date on the latest news about COVID-19, head on over to theskim.com slash COVID updates. And one more thing. Today, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders officially told his old rival, former VP Joe Biden, I got your back. So today I am asking all Americans, I'm asking every Democrat, I'm asking every Independent, I'm asking a lot of Republicans to come together in this campaign to support your candidacy, which I endorse. The move comes five days after Sanders announced he was dropping out of the presidential race, but stopped just short of offering an explicit endorsement. Today, I congratulate Joe Biden, a very decent man who I will work with to move our progressive ideas forward. People were waiting for a more clear-cut endorsement, and some questioned when Sanders would officially back Biden. You might remember that back in 2016, Sanders famously waited weeks to endorse Hillary Clinton, whom he'd battled in the primary. You see, there were concerns that Sanders' progressive base wouldn't rally in favor of a more moderate Biden White House. But today, Sanders asked his supporters to unite behind the Democratic nominee to defeat President Trump, We'll have to stay tuned to see if Sanders supporters actually follow his lead. Have you filed your taxes yet? H&R Block is here to help. H&R Block's Tax Pro Go is the easiest way to have an expert do your taxes for you. Upload your tax docs and H&R Block will match you with a tax pro who fits your needs. To learn more, go to hrblock.com skim. That's hrblock.com slash s-k-i-m-m. It's better with Block. Okay, we're pressing pause on the latest developing stories to talk about baseball. America's favorite pastime. Of course, due to the pandemic, all major sports in the U.S. are taking a timeout. But the story is a little different in Taiwan. Baseball is really popular in Taiwan, and this past weekend, Taiwan decided it's gonna kick off the season anyway. In fact, Taiwan's baseball league is reportedly the first and only major league in the world to start this year. But it wasn't exactly business as usual. Cheering fans are banned from attending, so instead, mannequins and cardboard cutouts were put in a few of the seats, fully decked out in home team colors and face masks. The league says it's encouraging people to follow the new season from home, and to, quote, relax from their tense lives because of the outbreak. Because who says you need real fans in the seats to knock it out of the park? No matter your situation, sometimes you just need to press pause. And every week, we're sending out an email with some of our favorite things to help you take a break. To sign up, head on over to theskim.com slash press pause. is Liz. It's great to call into the skim. I'm a podcast listener every day and I wanted to give a shout out to my family. Um, We just lost our cousin to COVID and I just wanted to thank the healthcare workers who did their very best to save his life. Um, And shout out to my family. I can't wait to come home soon and celebrate him and celebrate all that he did in his life. And I miss you guys very much. I wish I could be there. I'll see you soon. And that's all for Skim This. Give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail to give a shout out to a loved one who really needs to hear it right now. You may hear your message on the show. For more updates throughout the day, follow us on Instagram at The Skim.